0: Do you remember when your teacher told you to put your thinking cap on? Uh Uh-huh. Well, let's do it again. I have a pop quiz for you today. Business intelligence, a.k.a. B.I., is, here we go, A, alphabet soup. I like that one. B, oxymoron. Figure it out. Or C, a secret weapon that instantly makes your company smarter. Well, I'm going to give you the answer. See, it's not that simple. It can make your company smarter. But analyst Josh Greenbaum says... Business users don't understand data, hmm, and data geeks don't understand business. BI software has traditionally been among the top forms of shelfware Shelfware in the enterprise. Most data warehouses are, oh my goodness, Josh, sanitary landfills. We'll talk to Josh in a minute. As sure it's Michael Krigsman, who is a reef guest, always happy to have him on, says, without a sense of focus and direction, BI and analytics become yet another source of useful data and clutter. In the end, vendors and users must work together to find ways of using data efficiently and in the service of concrete business purposes. Always well-grounded, Michael. And BI expert Jason Rose joining us today agrees. He says, technology is an enabler. Having a strategy sets your roadmap for success. Executive sponsorship and partnering with the business, yeah, yeah, we've all heard it before. So pour yourself a cup of whatever and join us for How Smart is BI Without a Strategy? I'm Bonnie D. Graham and welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'd like to introduce my three guests. Let me give you a brief bio and then we will go into talking to them and find out what they're they're thinking about BI. Josh Greenbaum is founder of Enterprise Applications Consulting EAC. He's been in the enterprise software space for over 30 years as a computer programmer. I was one of those, Josh. A systems analyst, author, consultant, and industry analyst he founded EAC in 1998. Early in his career working for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Resources Human Services, Josh realized how hard it is for smart people to understand how to best use complex data. Joining Josh today is Michael Kriegsman of Assure You all know him well. He's considered an enterprise software industry influencer and is frequently quoted in the press on IT project and related CIO issues. He has been involved with hundreds of software development projects for small startups to Fortune 500 organizations. And rounding out our esteemed panel today is Jason Rose, Head of Business Intelligence BI Solution Marketing at SAP, leading go-to-market activities for the industry's leading on-premise and cloud-based BI solutions, SAP Business Objects. Jason is frequent speaker at conferences and analyst events on analytics and the impact of information on corporate performance and decision making so now it's time for everyone listening to tweet tweet our do your comments to pound sign sap radio tweet your coffee break beverage to pound sign sap radio coffee let's get started josh greenbaum welcome how are you today
2: i'm great thank you it's great to be here bonnie
0: Wonderful to have you here. Business users don't understand data and data geeks don't understand business. That's a pretty bold proposition, Josh. What was on your mind when you sent me this quote? Is it true? Um,
2: About 25, 30 years of of bad experience uh, trying to bring those two groups together. I think we have a a real sort of Chinese wall in our education system uh, really from the the get-go on through the business school of not really emphasizing what – what is data and what is business to the respective audiences? I think it's it's a, it's a big dichotomy. They're, they're, they're kept too far apart and they need to be much, much more close.
0: How do you think they can get closer? Is it education? Is it putting them in the same room together? Is it getting them on conference calls together? What do you think?
2: I think that's, the, yes, yes. The answer is yes, Bonnie, all of all okay. of the above. I think actually, and, I, you know, I in fact, I have two young children, so I, I worry about this a lot. I think that we we tend to shy away from the hard task of of teaching, teaching math and teaching data in, in schools. We we go through MBA school necessarily without necessarily understanding, really the hard nitty gritty ugly side of data that uh, which which actually personally, if I think if you understand it well, it turns out to be fun. But I also think that we really don't. We don't really bring these two constituents together well enough, and that, that's one of the, the things that I've been really looking at a lot lately, and I'm, I'm very impressed. The companies that do this well uh, tend to actually embed the, you know, the, 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 the statisticians and the data scientists inside the line of business and make them responsible for the line of business of success as much as any other player in that, in that business, and that, that tends to work. It tends to sharpen
0: appetites all around. Interesting. I suspect you might end up with a topic you would want to teach in an MBA curriculum, Josh. Business users don't get data and data geeks don't get business. I hear it coming. I can see it. I'm thinking Pace. I'm thinking, uh, Wharton. I'm thinking do a
2: seminar, you know, where you really just sort of throw them together and say, okay, you, you know, here's a problem, solve it and solve it well. And, uh, yeah, you yeah, got it. come that. out in thank the middle you. and sh-
0: thank you. Sh- I'll, I'll, I'll,
2: when the recruiters call, I'll, I'll give you my, uh, my usual fee, Bonnie.
0: You're welcome. Well, I I need a commission for this. Let's ask Michael Krigsman to join us. Michael says, without a sense of focus and direction, BI and analytics become yet another source of useful data and clutter. Michael, clutter, welcome back. How are you? Great, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Pleasure to have you on board again. Always love it when you join us. So tell me, clutter? Are we really talking about business and business intelligence and analytics, and and where does it stop being clutter and start being really useful information?
3: Well, I, I think that Josh kind of hit on it. You know, it's it's very easy to get seduced by attractive, beautiful. You know, I was going to say women.
0: I was waiting.
3: <laughs> but in fact, dashboards, right? And that's okay. So, so, so now we get that's into the stuff. It's very easy to be seduced by attractive dashboards that look great and, you know, seem to tell you everything that you need to know about your company, but in fact is really is not presenting a story that is meaningful or giving you information that is actually helpful in the support of making decisions. And as Josh was saying, there needs to be closer connection between the people who are supplying all of that data and the business people who are the consumers of that data. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, I've been recently interviewing a bunch of very high-performing, interesting CIOs. In this case, it happens to be in education. And these folks are unique because in their organizations, they are very heavily embedded with the lines of business. They work, again, it's higher ed, so they're working with teachers, they're working with, you know, the faculty, they're working with the administration, and they are really a part of the business. And, you know, Josh was talking about that distinction, but in these high performing cases, I think there's, there's very little distinction. And that's unusual, but it's no surprise that there is this strong correlation between these CIOs who are really effectively a part of the business and the successful results and innovation, innovative results that they're able to achieve.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Sounds like you need somebody smart in the middle, Michael, to interpret and make sure that the data gets used the right way for the right people for the right purpose and we're, we're back to square one. We have to have a continuum here, right? It's not just enough to say, look at everything we've collected. Wow, isn't this great and great? Now we're going to do everything better. There has to be some kind of interpretive, smart interpretive in the middle. That's, that's the way I see it. We're going to talk more about that. I'd like to bring in our third panelist now, Jason Rose. Great quote here you sent me. If you don't know where you're going, you might not get there. Talk to me, Jason Rose, and welcome to Coffee Break. How are you?
4: I'm doing very well, Bonnie, and thanks so much for uh, having me on today. I I think ultimately uh, a lot of people say build it and they will come. Um, So uh, to uh, Michael's point about beautiful dashboards saying, you know, not too much, the vacuous blonde of the BI industry, so to speak. Um, However, you really do have to build that partnership with the business and, and align to the business objectives. Imagine, right, the um, the corporate goals and strategy need to flow directly into what you're measuring and what you're providing back to the business in a meaningful fashion to have impact. Um, I have a great example of uh, a product team that was building a dashboard to look at the overall uh, health of their uh, of their product and, and customers were going crazy it wasn't a very good release and they said how on earth can the CIO's dashboard be all green <laughs> So obviously there was a disconnect between the reality of the business and what was being presented back up to senior management. And I think there is a often a a behavior where information is often perceived as power. And uh, often companies say, hey, we'll have a great data warehouse. We'll put all the information into this egalitarian world where everybody can look at it and everybody will make better decisions. However, people do tend to build kingdoms and have politics and, and want to hold on to power so oftentimes it's also breaking down that culture of sharing information and being willing to, uh, to look at that red metric and act on it as opposed to just having that green dashboard that says everything is just A-OK.
0: Very, very interesting, and I want to add another quote here I had from you, Jason. You say, technology is an enabler, and yes, it is. Having a strategy sets your roadmap for a success, and that's what we're talking about today. And then you went on to say, executive sponsorship and partnering with the business. Yeah, 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 we've heard that before, but it's still critical and true. So we're talking about an intelligent collaboration, can we say?
4: Oh, absolutely, and and not just in the collaboration sense, which is a pretty hot topic today, of software mm-hmm. that helps make those interactions happen. But really, I think it, 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 it is an ongoing part of your culture. So I, I love the uh, other quote is, you know, culture will eat strategy for breakfast, right? And I think um, just having a strategy off in isolation, I've seen some beautiful BI strategy documents and PowerPoints, and wow, they are just wonderful. But if it's not truly part of your culture and something you're living every day, it ain't going to be successful.
0: There you go. Well, you know what? That's a great way to take us out for our first break. I want everybody to think about what's in your cup. Maybe it's coffee, maybe it's designer water, maybe it's, I don't know, I just had a uh, an almost tweet from my colleague Adrian in France and he said, does white wine count? Yes, Adrian, your France wine counts just fine. We're waiting to find out exactly what he's drinking. So when we come back, we'll start off asking Josh Greenbaum, Michael Krigsman and Jason Rose, what are you drinking today? And we have uh, quite a bit of tweeting going on on pounce on sap radio coffee we'll read those two and then we'll dig in a little deeper into bi how smart is it without a strategy i'm bonnie d graham don't even think of touching that dial that mouse whatever you're using to listen to us we're live here on the business channel and we'll be right back
1: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers. Presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, SAPRADIO. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
0: And it's that time of the show when we find out what's in everybody's coffee break, whatever. So let's start out with Josh Greenbaum. What drinkest thou today, Josh?
2: Well, you know, the morning starts with tea, and I'm a very major tea snob, which uh, brings me... I actually import tea from Paris. Is that really snobby or what?
0: That is your- beyond. I am delighted. Tell me what kind of tea.
2: It's I- Frères, and they have actually blend two flavors. I have a, a, what's called Wedding Imperial which is actually a car- has a caramelized chocolate um Gosh. aftertaste and another one called Caraibe which has car- the Caribbean which has uh, some lovely flowers in it as well and I drink an entire pot of it it's the only way i can actually get the
0: morning started this is amazing, and first time we've had the French pronunciation for tea blends. And I have to ask you, what kind of a cup is it? A, a glass? Is it a cup? Is it an imported French something that you drink this in, Josh? No, it's
2: actually in a two gallon vat, and I just pour it down. <laughs> as much as it's, it's all about quantity and quality
3: simultaneously, I'm
2: very happy that's a to metaphor hear that. For like, today.
0: Michael Krigsman, that's a hard offer to top. But what would you like to tell us you're drinking today?
3: I'm drinking boring chamomile tea. Trying to go uh, light on the caffeine Do
0: you, you want to give us a brand with that?
3: Um, boring. The brand is boring. I think that's
0: a, The brand is <laughs> Maybe boring. Maybe it is. You know, I, I forget the it. name
3: of the brand, but it's really good. It has all these <laughs> chamomile buds.
0: As long as it doesn't, it, it isn't also called sleepy time tea. We'll be fine. No. Jason Rose, what are you drinking today?
3: I am on the road. So
4: I've got myself a nice, Illy espresso from the uh, lobby here at the hotel in a lovely paper cup, so... At least they have some quality coffee here in the lobby, but usually I'm a, a Verve Coffee Rooster guy from uh, Santa Cruz, California. Okay.
0: okay, good. I'm gonna read the tweets from Margo. Lovely Margo is drinking her favorite Nespresso Decaffeinato Lungo and listening live. Malcolm is drinking Home Ground Alligator French by Equator Coffees, fair trade blend of Sumatra, New Guinea, and he says nothing better. And the lovely Wendy is drinking a strong cup of Bustelo coffee and ready for another eye-opening show. And those are our coffee orders. I trust whoever couldn't hear is hearing us fine just now. And let's see, so let's go. Josh, are you hearing me okay? I can hear you just fine, thank you. Wonderful. So Josh, why don't we get back to our topic of the day? How smart is BI without a strategy? Why don't we set, why don't we do some level setting here, Josh, in, in your vast experience, and your opinion? How are we defining BI today? We're throwing the term around, we're using a little alphabet soup, but what exactly falls under the purview, the domain of business intelligence?
2: Gosh, we, we don't have enough time for that one. And, and that's one of the problems, quite frankly. BI is a bit of a catch-all today. It's, it's really one of these terms that, that between the marketers and the industry analysts, and I'll, I'll put myself in the latter category. We've we've kind of muddied it up a little bit. So you know, I think that that the, the underneath the category is an enormous amount of, of you know underlying technology and infrastructure. But fundamentally, the idea, of course, is business intelligence is the thing that's the thing that's supposed to make your company better and your, your actions more measured and uh, based based on data. So it's really it's really trying to be the world uh, taking the world of raw data and turning it into real analysis. And this is, this to me, this is one of my mantras, you know, we don't really have a big data problem, we have a big analysis problem. And, and mm-hmm. I think BI is, is supposed to be the solution to that. And, and sometimes, and hopefully, usually, it, it can
0: be. Do you think it's a buzzword? Do you think it's just something that's floating around right now or that people I know people are investing in a lot of software and a lot of analytics as you said, but is it a buzzword? Is it going to pass and people will go back to doing business exactly as they were and they'll say, Hey, that's a great piece of data, let's use that and not think of it in terms of BI, or is it here to stay? Well, it, it
2: has to be here to stay, but it has you know, but but we have definitely some some problems with consumption. You know, it reminds me a lot of the old the, the, the old baby Einstein videos that, that were actually pulled off the market uh, a number of years ago, but the idea that you could just buy a CD and stick it in front of your baby and the baby would grow up to be Einstein was, was a nice idea that turned out to be completely absurd. And I think we, we, we still labor under the impression that if we just get enough software and enough wire enough of our data sources together and build these big data warehouses, you know, Back to the field of dreams metaphor. They will, you know, we build it. They will come, and, and intelligence will will emerge from the ether. Uh, not, unfortunately, not true.
0: Not true, Michael Krigsman, What do you have to say about all this? Well, I mean, these guys are really nailing it. Um, we have
3: all of this data out there, and it's presented to us in the form of screens and dashboards and reports that hopefully will be useful. But the challenge becomes that in order to uh, change our behavior, change the, the way the organization consumes that data, requires behavioral modifications. meaning okay. that we need to actually do something different. So we have to, first off, uh, be clear about the type of data that we actually need and, and that will be useful in the decision-making process. So that's the first challenge and that's what we were talking about earlier, you know, mm-hmm. uh, working with the technical the business people working with the technical folks. The next challenge is once we have that information is incorporating it into the daily life, the daily process, the daily routine of communication and decision making so that it becomes part of what we do. And only when that happens does the organization really benefit from uh, the, the quality data that may be presented.
0: Okay, so let's talk about. I w- I'd love for you to give some case studies. Do you have any examples? And and we can bring Jason Rose in here. Uh, Jason, with your twelve years working in BI, any examples of how BI is being used, and in a particular type of company, and what they would consider BI, how it's going to help their business.
3: Sure. So I,
4: I think it really ranges from fairly, you know, mundane to to rather complex, depending on the scenario. I think, you know, one of my favorite uh, examples of applied business intelligence really having a major impact was actually a, a mining company in South uh, South Africa, that actually, um, as the miners came up out of the mine shaft and the next crew was about to get onto the elevator, there was one number that was put up above that mine shaft, and that was. Um, You know, how much tonnage had been removed by that crew that was getting off the elevator before the next crew got on. So They would basically have a benchmark to say, hey, we have to outdo the morning crew as the afternoon crew, and guess what? It had an enormous impact on productivity and the amount of uh, tonnage that they were moving on each shift. So it doesn't have to be something that's complex, but it has to be something that has an impact and is relevant to that worker. Um, who would have thought that uh, miners in a mine shaft could use business intelligence to really drive better business outcomes? But it can range to uh, you know much more complex areas. For example, in um, a youth services organization uh, in uh, London, um, is using predictive algorithms to figure out based on where a student lives, their uh, socioeconomic level. And uh, a number of other factors, and they're using predictive algorithms to actually target and figure out which students are more likely to drop out and how can we better allocate resources to those students. So it's really gaining insight and intelligence into the core operations that support the mission of that business. And that's typically where we see the most successful BI project.
0: Very productive. Now, what about social media? We, we've done several shows on intelligence being mobile today. Uh, we've done shows about the whole paradigm of selling and sales and how Information data intelligence comes in and out through the salesperson. What are they seeing on the floor? What are they going to tell the the, the gurus in the company the the cio about what's happening out in the field? What is the company going to do with that and give it back to the salesperson that that constant flow which everybody wants to become intelligent data? So what are we seeing in terms of this huge stream? Of, especially in the retail world, huge stream of data coming in, and how do we make that into BI? Anybody want to run with that?
2: I think the answer, the short answer, is very carefully and with great difficulty. And, and I think it's because we're we're still, you know, this is this is, I'm still I'm still loving Jason's comment about culture eating strategy. It's really hard to understand behavior, even even if we have a lot of data, and really to do predictive analysis on human behavior is very very tricky on so you know what what this really ends up being is an issue almost as much about the the you know the cultural anthropology psychology that you apply to the algorithm as as the the actual data itself bi becomes an extension of of human behavior and and Michael used the term Mm -hmm. behavior modification Um, we're really talking about behavioral science more than we are about you know IT or or business even
0: very, very good point. I appreciate that. And I want to, Michael, I want to take a quote from something you sent me before the show. I think we can move into this area more than ever before. You say, users expect their software to offer easy tools that don't require ivory tower experts. The challenge for vendors is therefore finding ways to deliver straightforward and powerful tools to users. For users, the challenge is finding ways to use these tools meaningfully. Why don't you fill in the blanks for me, please, Michael? Sure. So traditionally,
3: BI tools have been big and expensive and really the province of experts. Today, there is a trend among the vendors to deliver a, a BI experience, analytics experience, that is available to ordinary line of business users. And, and that's, where, that's where I think everybody wants BI to go. But like Josh was saying, it's not just a matter of the technology. You know, it's really this continuum there. that, on the one hand, you need to know what is the right type of data that the the business people need. Then you've got to have software that delivers that data, meaningful data, useful data to the business in a manner that is convenient and accessible for the business to consume it, right, because if the tools are too complicated, then mm-hmm. the business won't use that data. But then finally, you've got to have a business that understands the nature of the data that it's receiving and that actually takes an a- active or you know proactive set of steps in order to incorporate that data into the, their daily routine. So, okay. So you've got to have that whole chain.
0: We're going to talk about that chain when we come back. We're just ready to head to our halfway break. When we come back, I'd like to talk about the concept of strategy. That's the title of our show is How Smart Is BI Without a Strategy? Is it a question of culture? Is it a question of education? Is it a question of getting everybody around the campfire singing kumbaya and saying we're not just going to go out and say, look at all the data we've collected. We're going to think first about what we want, what we're going to do about it once we get it, and how we're going to use it to actually make the business run better and be more Profitable. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, speaking with three very esteemed speakers today, Jason Rose, Michael Krigsman, and Josh Greenbaum. When we come back, much more from my gurus on BI. Don't even think of touching that mouse. We'll be right back. From the
1: boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. systems For secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to graham at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
0: Let's get back, and we're going to start off with Jason Rose. Jason, you want to talk about something amazing you told me over the break. So why don't you start out with your amazing comment?
4: I think uh, it's absolutely <laughs> no really amazing that we are actually at an interesting inflection point in BI. We've, we've always said we wanted to get everybody the information they need, but I think oftentimes the BI tool, to Michael point, uh, Michael's point, has been very intimidating. So when I brought my iPad home for the first time, I could not tear it out of my four-year-old's hand. And i got to tell you, he took no interest in my ThinkPad, or sorry, my ThinkPad, my uh, IBM laptop at all whatsoever. So I think we're at a point now where the form factor and the information that's available can really drive adoption. But then the question becomes, what on earth do I put on that device and and how do I get people interested in looking at it? And I think that comes back to to really where we began the discussion and where, where Josh kind of kicked it off about, you know, Data uh, gurus don't understand business users, and business users don't understand data. And really, you've got to bring those two constituents together to communicate, to figure out what information is relevant to that user on that cool device, or they're just going to download Fruit Ninja and go play that instead of paying attention to the business.
0: Okay, so let's. I love let's... Fruit Ninja, by
2: the way. That's. <laughs> <laughs> if there's something cathartic and and and. It's so, watermark. so
0: much of what's going on with, with mobility and so much of what's going on with form factor is just truly amazing at a cultural level. I have a friend who, who does not speak the most perfect English and has become absolutely fascinated with words with friends, he is getting up an hour earlier than usual, staying up half the night just to try and play this Scrabble game on his iPhone with people and his vocabulary has improved amazingly in the stat, in the Course of a week. It's unbelievable what form factor and accessibility is doing just on a, on an everyday consumer level. I want to talk about strategy. I want to talk about strategy with BI from the point of view of how does a company today know what data they want? to collect. Let's start with point A, and let's work our way all the way down to point B, which is once they get it, what do they do with it? So, Josh Greenbaum, what do you think? How does a company know what data they should be looking for in the first place? What matters? Uh, I mean,
2: th- you know, that's, that's the perfect starting point, because the answer is, you know, with great difficulty. It's really hard. Uh, I, I sort of feel like, you know, the, the, our punishment for, uh, for, for technology is that we are being flooded by data, and... Um, it's kind of a, a, a punishment of a biblical uh, magnitude. We really have so much information as companies, whether that's you know whether that's coming out of social media, out of the you know out of the enterprise back office. I, I have a particular interest in machine data, sensor data, and other enormously you know enormously enormous quantity of data. And so I think you know you're really there. there there's almost a, a, an initial strategy point that that. That really defines, in my opinion, the rest of what happens in strategy is what you know. What is the kind of data that we can gather, and what would we like to gather if we could? Mm-hmm. That would be relevant to our business. That's actually the fundamental question, and it's not an easy one to answer.
0: So, do you have any case studies you could share with us? I know I didn't ask you to prepare any, but anything you'd well, like you to know, share? It,
2: or? Obviously, the, the the easiest way to look at this is is you know is to look at you know what well. Not the easiest necessarily, but my favorite example is actually the the multi-user online gaming world, where in that in that world every interaction with a customer is takes place on a computer over a website, and every single click, every single every every delay, every every motion is really captured, and that the, the companies who are in that gaming world are using that data to do incredible things with it, but they they, they so they they don't necessarily have a in their case they. They don't necessarily have a data stream problem. They know the data stream is coming from a single pipe, but really their job is to take take apart the different parts of the interaction. How long did I? How long did the customer stay in the training before they dropped off? Oh, maybe the training's too long. We want to shorten that a little bit. What, What at what point did did they fall off the wagon? At what point did they succeed? Let's look at that and tweak how we you know how we manage the game or how we actually even run the game itself. It's in their, their case, it's not even about what are the pipes. It's about what do we do with the pipe we've got. So I, I think that that's, that's the other side of the coin is first we need to decide, do we need just internal data? Do we use our social media data? Do we have machine data? Do we have data sources uh, outside of the company we want to work on? And then we have to you know, sit down and really sit, look at each of these pipes and say, okay, what, what are the components of that pipe that are going to be essentially game-changing for our business?
0: Thank you for bringing in the keyword, the name of the show. I appreciate that. So it sounds like the intelligence part of business intelligence comes from the very start. I want to ask Michael Krigsman. You know I love this question, Michael. The DNA of the game changer in this case. Who is the right person? Now, Now, Josh was saying we need to do this and we need to do that. Let's put a face, a name, a title, a team name on the we. Who is the we who gets to decide? We'd love to have that data and once it comes in, this is what we think we're going to do with it. Any anything you could share with me, Michael?
3: That's a very important question because we oftentimes talk about the "quote unquote" the business or lines of business. But from this point of view that that notion of the business is a relatively meaningless concept. The reason I say that is because the the decision maker about uh, the type of data that will be useful has to th- has to drill down into specific business processes and specific roles. So the generic concept of well, the business needs to do this, the you know mm-hmm. needs needs data to make uh, you know to do whatever, is is not that helpful. If we start to look at, at roles, for example, a sales manager mm-hmm. needs certain type of Data about the performance of the the sales reps and the behavior of customers with respect to sales. In a completely different context, a a nurse on a hospital ward may need certain data about scheduling scheduling nurses. The doctor may want certain data about patients. Researchers, you know, staying with the hospital metaphor, researchers. Will want data about the aggregate behavior of patients and so forth. And, and, you know, in a consumer products company, a brand manager is going to want data about, uh, shipping times and inventories, for example. So, so the generic concept of the business needing data doesn't help us much. It becomes useful when we start to drill down into roles and processes and make it concrete that's when you, you actually can start to formulate a, a meaningful and useful strategy for that person, for that process, and that segment of the business. Thank yeah, thank I you. Think if you. Right.
0: Yes, go ahead.
4: I was just going to say, it's Jason here, and I was just going to say, if you start with the data, you're really starting with a faulty premise. Um, just imagine walking down the street at night, and you see somebody looking for their keys underneath a streetlight, and you ask them, hey, uh, is that where you lost your keys? And the guy goes, no, I lost them over there, but the light's much better here. <laughs> so starting from the Good. data fundamentally will not get you to the answer. You really have to start with what are the objectives of the business, what are the objectives of that individual person, uh, to Michael's point.
0: Jason, is there such a position as data scientist or business intelligence guru in most big companies today? Who is the one who, who walks around at, I'll, I'll give you a little background. Years ago, I was a mainframe programmer way back in the day, you know, key punching and all that. I'm dating myself. I know. And um, a correspondent bank in New York contacted me and hired me as what they called a systems liaison. And I said to them, I don't even know what that is. They said, well, you speak English and you speak computer language. You understand what it takes to put together a program and you understand how to talk to people. So we're going to send you out to the users in this bank and we're going – now Correspondent Bank is a banker's bank. It's not a retail come here and cash your check bank, and we're going to send you out to visit all the departments and then come back to the programmers and say, this is what so-and-so and and such a department needs in order to do their job, and so the systems liaison, the position created for me was to be that interface who hopefully could bring an intelligence spin from point A to point B and help them get what they want. Does that position exist in some form today in big companies, uh, Jason, Michael, Josh, anybody, where somebody would talk to users in the company and say, this is what they need, and then go back to the data people and say, let's go get it?
4: Hmm? Well, I think think it not only exists at big companies, but I think it really exists at any company. You need to have that person, And, and to Michael's point about, you know, this uh, kind of concept of IT versus the business. Really, at some point, you need somebody that can go into the CEO's office or the chief operating officer's office and really have a a, a meaningful discussion about what are the issues they're trying to solve and where is the company going. And ultimately, you know, the person that's writing the JavaScript or the SQL code to go back into the database may not be the person to have that conversation, but somebody does need to play that intermediary role between the data gurus, as Josh uh, put it, and uh, the business, to kind of play that translation. Because if you send the SQL coder into the CEO's office, that BI project probably ain't going to go so well.
2: Well, you know, you. I, I happen to uh, <clears throat> have a long conversation with uh, someone who does have the title of Chief Chief Statistics. I can't even say it. Chief <laughs> Statistics Officer at at a large company and one of the more successful uh, companies, in my view, that, that does this. You know does this business analytics thing that we're trying to talk about. And, in fact, you know, one of his great r- aha moments was when he just basically got rid of his staff by sticking them, embedding them into the lines of business and making them part of that P&L. And his job is really to wander around, make sure everyone's doing a good job, th- you know, throw his weight around <laughs> at the executive level to make sure the data and is is, is in the right place and the strategy is, is, is doing well, but that, in fact, there isn't. He said we had to stop them, you know, Stop our people from walking across the hall and hectoring the line of business. We made them part of the line of business, and that that dialogue uh, is, I think, absolutely essential to to this company's uh, success with BI.
0: Very good. And you know what? We're heading to our break here. We have just about a minute. I just want to wrap this up, if I may. Uh, Michael Krigsman, one of the comments you sent me was, uh, when ease of power and clear business direction are combined, the results bring powerful benefit to lines of business. That's exactly what we have been talking about. Of course, achieving this goal is easier said than done and bringing in what Jason said originally. If you don't know where you're going, you might not get there. Same exact thing. Guess what's coming up next, everyone? crystal ball segment that means when we come back right after our final break i'm going to be asking my three esteemed guests to answer the question look into your crystal ball and predict how bi will continue to evolve because that's what we're talking about it is evolving it's not something that's just sitting with a neat bow around it obviously and what it will be like and what it will be called five years from today in 2017 you don't want to miss this segment i'm bonnie d graham stay tuned when josh greenbaum Michael Krigsman and Jason Rose look into the crystal ball and let's see if they surprise us with what they say we'll be right back
1: the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice America business network When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, sapradio. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers.
0: Yes, let's time to wrap up this party. Let's talk about the crystal ball. Predict ahead five years, please. What will BI sound like? Look like? Will it even be called the same thing? Josh Greenbaum, what do you see?
2: Well, I'm I'm particularly enamored of the Xbox Connect technology, gesture based control, um, and I think that that's going to be part of our future. Is that we will really when we talk about an immersive experience. We're going to have an immersive data experience, an immersive BI experience, taking that gesture paradigm out of the just the, the iPad and putting it into a wall in front of you and your colleagues where you really can play with data. We see this in the movies, and actually mm-hmm. it's going to happen in, within the next five years.
0: And will BI be called BI, Josh?
2: I don't think the term – I keep trying to kill the term personally and find something <laughs> better. Uh, we pro- I probably won't succeed and nor will anyone else and we'll still be calling it business intelligence in some way or
0: Well, now. you're here on Game Changers. You might be that Game Changer. I could
2: change- If I could change that game, I would. <laughs> I don't you think know, I'm, I- don't think I'm powerful <laughs> enough, thank
0: you. You know the song, If I Could Change the World. You know, maybe this is the time to do that. Okay, let's turn to Michael Krigsman. 2017, what do you see?
3: So, the, the, the Game Changer for BI will be that it is completely embedded in all enterprise software. There, will be no, there won't be there will be a separate category that we call BI. It will simply be expected that it's there. At the same time, mobile devices will drive simplicity, because we all know that ease of use, like Jason, Jason was saying before, is extremely important. It's essential, and so that will happen more and more. However, the unchanging nature of human nature will remain the same, and therefore, despite all of this, it's we're still going to find new ways to make it complicated. Ooh. Totally complicated. That's what Ooh. I think in five he years. You said the
0: unchanging nature of human nature. Are we talking about plus unchange, change, plus LMM shows? It's always going to be people. It always comes down to people, right? Mm-hmm. Very interesting, and let's turn to Jason Rose. What do you think, Jason? 2017, it's not that far off. Some people think, like I do, it's it's about a hiccup and a half away from right now. So if you want to go even farther out, let's start with 2017 and see if you want to push it out further.
4: Sounds great, Bonnie. So I think Michael and Josh actually hit on this in different ways. I think the real game changer in VI is actual actually consumerization. And the revolution was not um, the iPad or the mobile form factor. It was that, hey, this is actually something now that a consumer can actually use. The CEO that's been printing off their email for the last 15 years and reading it on paper will now gravitate towards an iPad because it's the coolest thing. And, man, I can just swipe on that screen just like I was reading a magazine. So I really look at, you know, the next five years, I think it's going to be driving more and more of that consumer experience into BI programs and applications. I mean, if you look at Facebook and you go back 10 years and you said, you know what, we're going to take scrapbooking and we're going to put it on the internet and everybody's going to love it. I think you would have been laughed at. And now if you look at the valuation of something like Facebook, they have literally taken pictures of kids, the comments that we make in our daily lives and turned it into a multi-billion dollar enterprise. And in BI, I think taking that form factor of hey, my profit and loss statement is going to be boring forever. But actually, you know what? You take that profit and loss statement, you put it onto the mobile device, and you allow an interaction to actually drive in why is my expense trending upward over time and what can I get to in terms of detail to actually impact that trend, reverse it, and put it in the right direction. I think you've got a pretty significant game changer
0: there. Very interesting. You know what guys? You are so good and so efficient that we actually have more time than I expected. So I'm gonna, I need a minute at the end to announce the next three upcoming shows and do some shout outs and thank yous. I'm gonna open this up. We have, let's take about the next three and a half minutes. Who would like to make some closing comments separate from the crystal ball on the state of BI today and in the future? And if you could, let me throw a twister in here. If you could rename BI, for 2017, whether whether Josh is successful in killing the term altogether or not, if each of you could rename it, what would you call the person in charge of BI in any particular company, large to small? Let's start out with Josh.
2: Well, that person definitely has to have God somewhere in their title because <laughs> um, they're going to be ruling.
0: We should <laughs> ruling have opened the, the show roots. with this. <laughs> Go ahead. Keep talking.
2: And um, and, and a guru won't be enough. Um, oh. And I, I just want to, you know, whatever that person Whatever that title is, and in fact, whatever we call BI is. My my closing comment is, we need to we need to talk about how do you sell BI inside the company? How do you sell business intelligence in a, analysis in a more effective way? I think one of the real, you know, this this you know this example I gave of of the chief statistics officer who essentially embedded his whole staff in the line of business. He's he's the one who told me this. Fundamentally, the number one skill. Once you got the basic stats down, once you understand the business, the number one skill is marketing. How do you sell your ideas? How do you sell good analysis inside your company? How do you sell the value of that outside the company? That's actually hard. We don't do enough of that as well. And Whatever we call it and whoever this person's title is, they're going to they're be as much a marketer and a, and, a, and a PR person for good analysis as a data
3: scientist.
0: Very interesting. Okay, let's move to Michael. What do you think?
3: Well, the one point that I, that I would like to emphasize, uh, again, coming back to mobile and iPads uh, that, that Jason brought up. I think we underestimate the fact that one of the key power drivers of the iPad in enterprise software and in the elevating the, the use of enterprise software among the, the most senior executives who traditionally aren't the users is the, the, the simplicity. And simplicity, ease of use, is so fundamental And it gets to what Josh was just talking about. If you want to have people adopt this stuff, it's got to be natural and easy to use. It's just essential.
0: Very good point. And Jason, let's hear what you have to say.
3: Well, I'll uh, tie
4: it back to the title. I I really think, um, you know, uh, all of these technologies, consumerizations are going to drive further adoption. But it comes back to that uh, just like a good muscle, you really need to exercise um, your strategy, and really have an organizational conversation around how are we going to apply this information to really impact the business so You know, really, we hear a lot about BI competency centers and and other uh, forms, analytics teams that kind of go out or embedded in the business. But really making that kind of discussion around what information is driving the business and what uh, how can we change and adapt our business model in order to, you know, meet customer demand and use information to support that vision. Um, Having that ongoing dialogue, having that ongoing uh, corporate structure and kind of focus on where you're going to take your business intelligence and where you're going to take your information, I think is critical to changing the game for your organization and really making BI successful and your company
0: successful. Thank you, Jason. I just want to clarify. We've been talking about BI not at a vacuum, but in the sense that anybody who's listening to this show all over the world on the business channel, whatever size company, whatever you're doing, business intelligence is something you need to think about and think about well. And, and heed some of the, the the words, the warnings, the the notions that my guests have shared with me. I want to thank my guests in just a second. But first, hey, coming up next week, April 11th, manufacturing the factory of the future. Are we going to talk about data or what? April 18th, totally new topic, the sweet and sour of getting investors do's and don'ts of making the deal. I have amazing guests on that show. And April 25th, mobility in the public sector. Shout out to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, Wendy and Nesbitt. And a big thank you and a hug to my three very wonderful guests. You're not only smart, you're funny and charming. What a winning combination. Josh Greenbaum, thank you. Michael Krigsman, thank you. And Jason Rose, thank you. And thank you to Brad, our engineer at the Business Channel. And we'll be talking to you next week right here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Over and out. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign R A D I O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.